This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Tuesday, November 1st. Coming up, in the last 16 years, one state Senate district in Missouri has transformed from ultra-competitive to ultra-Republican terrain. It's going to be very difficult for a Democrat in a rural area. Very difficult, if not impossible. We'll explore how Democratic prospects collapsed in rural Northeast Missouri. Plus, for decades, a Kansas House of Representatives district in Johnson County has elected a Republican candidate. But political sentiment in the area is changing. I knew that this was an opportunity and there was a need here for an alternative perspective, an alternative voice. How a first-time Democratic candidate is hoping to flip the district. But first, some headlines. The family of a man who died after being tackled by a Kansas City police officer has been awarded $500,000 in a wrongful death suit against the police department. KCUR's Lawrence Brooks IV reports. Brian Prince was tackled by a Kansas City police officer in 2017 after he was suspected of stealing more than $500 worth of merchandise from a Walmart supercenter in South Kansas City. He spent weeks on life support before he eventually died. Attorney David K. Smith, who represented Prince's family, says the outcome is just for all of the parties involved. The family is relieved that the value of their son's life and the value of their relationship with their son has finally been recognized. This decision is one of several large settlements the department has paid to victims of excessive force in recent years. A spokesperson for KCPD declined to comment on the decision. Kansas voters are receiving text messages directing them to the wrong polling locations on Election Day. KCUR's Zach Perez reports the texts appear to be part of a nationwide campaign to spread misinformation to voters. Voters in several Kansas cities have reported receiving text messages from the organization Voting Futures containing fraudulent information regarding their listed polling location based on their home address. Sharon Brett, legal director for the Kansas ACLU, says that simple misinformation campaigns like this can have a drastic impact on voter turnout on Election Day. Many voters who don't know their correct polling location may rely on this information. And if they get turned away from that polling location, they may be discouraged from voting in the election. Kansas voters can go to the Kansas Secretary of State's website to check where their correct polling location will be. Just months after being acquired by Oracle, Cerner Corporation plans to close its world headquarters in North Kansas City and move employees to its innovations campus in South Kansas City. In an email, Oracle told employees the move is intended to give workers more flexibility and to better use the 2 million square foot campus on Hillcrest Road. The announcement came as a surprise to North Kansas City Mayor Bryant DeLong, but he's optimistic the city can find someone to make use of Cerner's nearly 40-year-old campus. You know, we're not super shocked. You know, anytime you see any sort of acquisition like this, you kind of start to think about it a little bit. DeLong says the loss of Cerner's annual business license will lose North Kansas City $150,000 a year. Republicans are expected to win next week's elections in much of rural Missouri, including the northeastern part of the state. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports, the transformation of this district from ultra-competitive to ultra-Republican was a long time coming and is linked to the nationalization of local politics. Sixteen years ago, Wes Schumeyer participated in the most competitive state legislative election in Missouri. The farmer from Clarence was able to capture the 18th senatorial district in 2006, bringing a slew of lightly populated northeast Missouri counties into the Democratic fold. But four years later, Schumeyer lost his seat decisively to Republican Brian Munzlinger. And as he explained to me at his kitchen table, 
Schumeyer saw the stark political transition coming long before he was ushered out of office. I could tell on the doors from from 06 to 10 that it was a lot different, uh, a lot different thought process of folks. Like what? Like, like can you? Can you well, they, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just knock on somebody's door and they'd, they'd come right out and ask you a Democrat. To showcase just how massive this shift has been, consider this. In 2006, Schumeyer won every county in the 18th district except Marion, Adair, and Putnam. He only won Monroe County in 2010, and in 2018, Republican Cindy O'Loughlin prevailed in every single county in the 18th district by landslide margins. O'Loughlin believes voters in Northeast Missouri have completely embraced the GOP. It's going to be very difficult for a Democrat in a rural area. Very difficult, if not impossible. There's a lot of theories on why the counties in the 18th district moved so decisively after generations of Democratic support. But for GOP political consultant Jeff Rowe, the reason is pretty obvious. Local politics became nationalized, and voters were unable to differentiate between state and county candidates and national Democratic leaders. If you're a state rep or a state senate candidate knocking on a door and you ask a voter what they care about, and you're literally going to go to Jeff City if you win, you very well might get a question about, about Hunter Biden's laptop. Some of this nationalization comes down to policy. Northeast Missouri Democrats, especially in the 1980s and 1990s, were socially conservative, opposing things like abortion rights and gun control. They were more populist on economic issues, supporting things like union rights, and pushing back on free trade deals. Lewis Riggs used to work for one of these Democrats, former Congressman Harold Volkmer. But now Riggs, a Republican state representative from Hannibal, contends voters now align with Republicans on issues. And if you go to south side of Hannibal, um, and that was hardcore Democratic, it's always been a working class enclave, look at the Trump signs, uh, Trump flags, you know. That was just something that came out of, I won't say nowhere, but it was... It was a logical next step for a lot of folks because these are the folks who've lost their jobs. The rise of conservative media also played a role in Republicans gaining a foothold. As local newspapers declined in financial strength and relevance, Hannibal Democratic voter James Abright contends outlets like Fox News and social media platforms like Facebook filled the void. I am convinced that Rupert Murdoch and his organization are killing the normal political, or they're part of what's killing the normal political process in America today through Fox News and all the propaganda they put out. Gay Phillips, a Democratic voter from Palmyra, says the new media environment influences how people think about politics. She relayed this anecdote about a conversation she had with someone about a current event. Her response to me is, the only thing I listen to is Tucker Carlson. Tucker knows what's going on. And I'm I think my mouth probably dropped open. Missouri Democrats have been struggling to turn things around in rural parts of the state for years. And nobody has a clear answer or easy solution. But some Democrats have some suggestions. Ayana Shivers, a Democrat from Mexico who is running for the 18th district seat, says the key isn't necessarily a lot of money or some savior figure to turn things around, but rather a renewed emphasis on connecting with voters. I trust you because I grew up with you. 
I don't trust the person or just a radio ad. There's widespread agreement that if Missouri Democrats continue to struggle in rural areas, they cannot win statewide elections. And unless Northeast Missouri voters become disenchanted with Republicans on a national level, it's likely Democratic woes will continue there in November. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. The 39th House District in Kansas is predominantly white and for decades has elected a Republican candidate. But new district borders and changing demographics have a first-time African-American candidate optimistic about her chances. KCUR's Noah Taborna has more. Vanessa Vaughn West spends almost every weeknight after work knocking on doors and getting to know her neighbors in her campaign to represent Kansas 39th House District. I'm running for the Kansas House and I'm stopping by to say hello, to introduce myself to you so that you kind of can know me, and then really to find out what's important to you. Vaughn West is running in a district that, according to the Kansas legislature's website, is made up of more than 23,000 people, most of whom are white. But while the area is less diverse than the rest of the state, political sentiment there may be shifting. In 2012, Republican candidates won District 39 comfortably, often amassing at least 60 percent of the vote. But in 2018 and 2020, incumbent Owen Donahoe won with less than 55 percent of the vote. Redistricting has reshaped the district's boundaries, with Bonner Springs, Shawnee and Lake Quivira now part of the district. University of Kansas political science professor Patrick Miller says when the legislature gerrymandered the new house maps, the 39th district was left as one of the few remaining competitive areas. That leaves an opening for Vaughn West. I think that for Democrats to pick up this district, to flip it into their column, they really need a candidate who is running an aggressive grassroots campaign. That means aggressive door knocking. And they also have to have, I think, a compelling negative message about the Republican incumbent. Vaughn West, a Democrat, traces her interest in community involvement to her time in Girl Scouts. She's also worked at El Centro in Kansas City, helping immigrants to acclimate, and as a community relations manager for the city of Olathe, connecting businesses and schools to local government resources. I knew that this was an opportunity and there was a need here for an alternative perspective, an alternative voice. Her opponent, Owen Donahoe, is a political veteran. Before his re-election in 2018, he served in the Kansas House from 2007 to 2012. Since his re-election in 2018, his attendance record has been among the worst in the House. He missed nearly 25 percent of the votes in the 2022 session. Donahoe did not respond to a request for comment on that or his policy priorities. But here he is speaking at a recent community forum hosted by the Shawnee Mission Post. I'm a businessman. I've been in business 30-plus years in uh, Kansas, came down from the state of Nebraska. Donahoe says he's prioritizing increased funding for people with intellectual developmental disabilities. When you set a budget, the first dollars should go to those that are the most incapable of taking care of themselves. Von West agrees with that, but the two differ on just about everything else. For example, Donahoe was one of seven legislators in 2019 to sponsor a bill calling same-sex marriage a parody. Von West supports same-sex marriage and says protecting LGBTQ rights is a pillar of her platform. If Von West were to win, she says other priorities would be expanding Medicaid and protecting reproductive freedom. But that's easier said than done in the Kansas Statehouse. Both chambers of the legislature currently boast a Republican supermajority, meaning conservative lawmakers control the policy agenda. 
What has been uh, kind of my through line throughout this is, is an approach of collaboration and connection. I'm really working to meet the people, understand those needs and goals, and to be able to reflect and represent those in Topeka. Miller of the University of Kansas says the district is one to watch over the next decade, but suggests a pink district in a year expected to favor Republicans may be hard to flip. Still, Vaughn West is hopeful. Right now, I often say that our district is a rosy pink with optimism, and that's because we have a lot of newness, new ideas, new families, um, folks who um, have come from different areas that are coming in to strengthen our community. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Noah Taborda. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Jason's story on Missouri's 18th Senate District and Noah's story on the 39th House District in Kansas, visit KCUR.org, where you can find more coverage of next week's election. Tomorrow, we'll hear more of what will be on the ballot in Missouri. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. You don't have to travel far to discover something new. KCUR's Creative Adventure email can help. Our weekly adventures will help you discover new ways to explore the Kansas City region. Join the adventure and subscribe at kcur.org adventure.